One of the ten best films of the year. A high-octane mixture of outlandishly stylized camp and outrageously sensational shootouts. Outrageously exhilarating. Guaranteed to tingle the most jaded moviegoer's palate. Film concocted with nitroglycerin, the combined energy of the Road Warrior, Robocop, and the Terminator. The killer is great cinema. A thriller comedy that will leave you breathless. Welcome back to another episode of Real Early. My name is Larry Sternshine. On today's show is a returning guest, the first guest ever had on this podcast. In fact, Rob Antiquera, a.k.a. the Cinema Drunkie, also the co-host of Chainsaws and Claws podcast with Patrick Vicious. Rob also recently started a You Could Have Been a Bloodfist movie website about the Bloodfist films starring the legendary Don the Dragon Wilson. You can hear me on the podcast, You Could Have Been a Blood Fist Movie, talking about how Commando could have been a Blood Fist Movie. On today's episode, we are discussing the 1989 John Woo classic, The Killer, and how influential that movie was for both Rob and myself. I really think you're going to love this episode, so stay tuned. We'll be right back. All right, we're back here with Rob, the cinema drunkie, a.k.a. the cinema daddy. How's it going, buddy? Hey, what's going on, buddy? It's been a while. Yeah, man. It has been a while. Uh, the last time we talked was for one of your shows, uh, but you were also the very first guest of my podcast. Yeah. So it's good to have you back on my show. It's good to be back, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it's been a while since, uh, if I recall, it was August was when we recorded that episode for You Could Have Been the Bluffist movie? It was. I actually yeah. looked. It said August 22nd. Yeah. Before my birthday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, a, yeah, it's been a long fucking... I mean, it's actually been a while since I... You know, th- this is me getting back into the swing of things because, of, you know, my new job, uh, it kind of like... Every time I come, I came home after work, it was just beat. And I don't want to do... I don't want to do nothing but just lay down and chill. But like, I work today, and it's like I got it's, it's already to the point because I've already been there like this week makes six months I've been there, so it's like I'm used to it. So it's like yeah, I could, you know. But like some days, like we were supposed to record uh, last week, and it was like yeah, then it, it wasn't that day. That that sure. day was just yeah, I was running ragged that day. So it was like yeah, no, let's just let's just do this another day, and um. 
Lucky I didn't do I barely did shit today, so <laughs> I'm good to go. <laughs> awesome. Well, I'm glad you're good to go. And you got the day off tomorrow, if I recall. So yeah, this will be good. Um, so you've been doing that show uh, with um, Robert. Robert. <laughs> I don't want who's Robert. I don't know. I'm Robert. <laughs> Patrick. Yes. Yes. Patrick. Tell me yes. how that show's going. Yes. Uh, the 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 great friend Patrick. Uh, Patrick Vicious, as he calls himself on the show, uh, Larry's over out here, out here giving out government names. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, Chainsaws and Claws. He's been on my show before. This is yeah, yeah. That, that 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 was a damn good episode, I should say. Like, like y'all y'all really went deep on that one. Like, like he was just like, yeah, like you know, me and Larry, like we really went there. You know what I'm saying? And I was just like, nah, yeah, that's make I mean, Patrick just does that too. You know what I'm saying? You you could literally go anywhere with Patrick. That's why I love that man. Um, but yes, uh, Chainsaws and Claws is the show, a killer monster podcast, where uh, me and Patrick put together doubles of slasher movies and monster movies. Uh, it's really uh, it's 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 one of the, the the greatest joys of my life is doing that show. Um, of course, uh, talking every week uh, with great friend Patrick. Um, we we have a ball doing that. Um, yeah, and it's it's uh, it's, it's like we were like, you know, it's it's funny too because it's like I've been, I've been doing podcasts a long time, so it's like uh, I've seen like highs and lows of it, but I'm con- I'm still always constantly surprised when shit hit highs. You know what I mean? Like me and Patrick are constantly surprised when I'm like I be telling him the numbers and he's like, wow, you know what I'm saying? So you, like you see constant tweets from Patrick saying like I'm I'm still I'm consistently surprised that people actually like listening to us and it's like yeah, yeah same here you know what i'm saying and y'all not you know what i'm saying like you and like many others be like oh but you guys are awesome and we're just like we're just two regular fucking schmoes talking about horror movies you know what i mean so it's just like we're, we're still constantly surprised but we appreciate everyone who listens and supports the show we have a great time doing it always um Yes, it's very long, I know, because me and Patrick always have a lot to talk about. Uh, specifically me, as as our great friend uh, Chris Pereira states, I'm the talker. Um, I love you too, Chris. <laughs> but yeah, I have a great time doing that show, and uh, we appreciate all the support from everybody, and uh, yeah. What I find interesting is, for the longest time... You're like the action guy, and all of a sudden now you're like the horror guy. Does that is that strange for you to be to kind of be known as that, or is that cool? N- nah, like it, it, it you know, because I've always been the action horror guy. Like you know, even before, you know, what I'm saying like, uh, we 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 got into you know, what I'm saying I developed our little circle of of action Twitter. You know, because I started out writing reviews and action movies. That's how you and me became friends because you liked a lot of my reviews and and articles I put out. And then, but remember, at the same time, I started doing House of Screams with a uh, a good friend, uh, Candy, the Final Girl. And um, so like I was doing that back and forth. So it's like I'm, I'm like I've never really surprised. Like it's it's surprising that like you know now I'm like because. The way my schedule was set up, I could really only do chainsaws and claws, you know, because it's easier for me since Patrick is always there. 
Um, whereas like when I was doing, uh, you could have been a Bluffest movie, you know, trying to gather up schedules with everybody, get different people is a lot harder. So it's it, like, you know, it, it really became a choice of one or the other, like, you know what I'm saying? Because I couldn't really do both. So it's like James Rose and close. It became, you know, but I still really want to get back to, you could have been a bluff this movie. Cause I really love that show. I really love doing it. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I'll get back to it eventually. It was some form of it. Maybe like, you know, like I was discussing it with you, like getting into doing it in written form, like, you know, going back to my roots and, writing reviews again because I really stopped doing that. So uh we'll see what happens. Yeah, uh whatever you just decide to do, obviously I'll I'll be there supporting it. Appreciate course, it. You know, you know how it is. Um yeah, yeah. but uh today on on this episode we're going to go back to the action films when we we're gonna talk about the nineteen eighty nine John Wu classic The Killer. Um so before we we get into that whole thing, and we've talked a little bit about this on, on the show before, and when we recorded our very first Epper episode for uh, your old show, when we did uh, Hard Target, I kind of yes. talked about my first experience with the killer on VHS at the video store, and I look back at what I what I told you the timeline. Turns out I was wrong. I thought it was 1990. It was like 1992. 192 when the actual vhs came out Mm -hmm. uh do you remember the first time that you rented the killer uh yeah let me let me start back at the beginning so um hard target comes out in 93 and um of course it's a it's a must see because uh it it stars jean-claude van damme my favorite action star um so I got to see it, and you know what I'm saying? I was blown away by it. It, it became an instant all-time favorite of mine. But, like, you know what I'm saying? I was also uh, thoroughly uh, impressed by um, this new director that they, you know what I'm saying? I like how, I, I remember that episode, how, how you eloquently put it, that the, um, you remember when they announced him in the trailer for internationally acclaimed action director John Woo. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah, 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 this guy's dope. And then um, right after that, they released uh, Hard Boiled on VHS. And uh, my father had purchased that. You know what I'm saying? It says at the top from the director of Hard Target. I said, oh, I got to see this. You know what I'm saying? The guy that made Hard Target. You know what I'm saying? I got to see this. And um, I was blown away by that. Like, you know, it, it was weird, too, because up until that point, I had, uh, like, you know, from Asian cinema, I only seen martial arts movies. So it it was weird seeing them just do gunplay, like you know what I'm saying, uh, you know like die hard type stuff, and it was like, you know it was it was kind of weird because like you know it was kind of like watching it was like when, when are they gonna do the martial arts and they never do in the movie, you know what I'm saying like was, like they just sitting there shooting the guns and all that stuff, and, but like, it was like it was an like, occasional kick and that's about it. Yeah, yeah, like when they're in the morgue, uh, at hardboiled like uh. Uh, uh, Alan, uh, Tony Leung's character does some like semi martial arts stuff, like movements, and and uh, Chaya Fat kicks a guy, and that's about it. Everything, everybody else just gets shot to shit in that movie. <laughs> but like, yeah, it was it was great. It was, you know, I loved it. And then, um, uh, of course, he released the the, the highly underrated Broken Arrow in '96. 
and that became another instant favorite. Uh, uh, not only of me, but uh, uh, best friend in the whole wide world, uh, Mac the All Star. Um, that's a movie we both love to this day. And then remember after that, he released uh, uh, his his remake of Once a Thief, which came on uh, Fox Five. It premiered on Fox Five. And then after that, of course, was uh, Face Off. And then, like, I started realizing, like, this this guy, like, you know, this guy just keeps killing it every time I see something he does. You know what I'm saying? I loved Hard Target. I loved Hard Boiled. Uh, I liked uh, Once a Thief. Um, uh, loved uh, Face Off. So it's like, I, I got I to get into more of his stuff. And then um, I started reading about uh, his, this movie he did called The Killer, which was like, you know, his masterpiece so to speak. And um what happened uh, my father was uh f- uh browsing through um a video store by his job at the time. Uh you may know it as the Wiz. Remember the Wiz? Uh nobody beats the Wiz. Um and he had found like he he had heard me talking about the killer and he had found it uh a VHS in there for 10 bucks and he purchased it for me. And uh I remember I was I was really excited because I really wanted to see it, and uh, when when I first watched it, it, it seemed like that was the precise moment where everything clicked for me, as far as like you 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 know when when they call uh, like cinema an art form, and like I love movies before that like I love movies but. I never truly realized the, the the beauty of cinema as an art form until I watched John Woo's The Killer. Like it, everything after that, just you know, just perfectly clicked, and made sense to me. And, you know, and like I've told you this many times before, like many people, that movie changed my life. I, I would not, I, you know, what I'm saying I would I would be still be into movies, but I don't think I could appreciate movies the way I do now. Had it not been for the killer, and like I mean you, that you you may not have you might not even be on the show right now if it wasn't for that. Like that really kind of kickstarted, yeah. Like where you're at now, when yeah. You, when like you saw that, movie. like my appreciation for for the the technique of of filmmaking, the art form, everything about it, it started right there. It, like that was the first movie where I truly realized that cinema is truly an art form because it was the most beautiful thing I had ever seen. You know, like the, the, his shot composition, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, like his storytelling, you know what I'm saying? Like it is just his way of directing actors. It, it was just, everything about it was just literally the most beautiful thing. It still is today. One of the most beautiful things I had ever seen. Obviously I've seen a lot more films now, you know what I'm saying? I've seen, his inspirations, like Les Samurai, um, Elaine Dion's uh, uh, film that, that he, he was heavily inspired by when he made The Killer. You know, uh, d- d- discovering many more, like, you know, just delving into other facets of, like, you know, world cinema, like the French and the Japanese and all that stuff. It, it, it all started there. It all started there. I, I would not be who I am now as, as a film fan had it not been for The Killer. What was what was the experience like for when you first turned on the film and it's essentially 
does it kind of goes right into like like the first big action sequence, but it's done a little bit differently, I think, than a lot of action movies done because yeah, it kind of starts in a romantic way. Was that yeah. did that kind of uh, surprise you? Like catch, catch you off guard a little bit when you first saw the movie? Yeah, because the way he starts it, he starts it off very somber. You know, he starts it off in a church. You know. Um, and like the way he captures, like, you know, the serenity of being in a church when, um, uh, Jeffrey's just sitting in there, you know, Jeffrey obviously played by uh, the great Chinese fat. He, he's just sitting in there just enjoying the peace, uh, of, of being in a church as he says. And then he, he steps out and he steps into this nightclub and, uh, he, he locks eyes with, uh, Sally's character, Jenny, and uh like it's very romantic like you know this captures this very romantic moment with just two strangers and it's just like you have this very somber like beginning you know in this religious setting and then you have this very romantic moment between these two characters you know she's she's got this beautiful voice she's singing this beautiful love song and then just immediately goes into this incredibly uh stylized but just extremely violent action sequence and it's just like boom 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 like the way the man completely just you know he 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 keeps you calm and then just has the violence explode on you because it's like like the way he just sets it up like you know jeffrey just knocks on the door click 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 guy opens it in slow motion and then do 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 you know what I'm saying? And then he just jumps in and he's killing everybody. And it's just like, wow. You know what I'm saying? And then he, he's killing everybody in the club and he gets caught out there um, with Jenny. And then he, when, when he accidentally blinds her and that's just like completely just a moment where you're just like, oh, like when he shoots her across the face by accident and he, and, and he blinds her. And it's just like, 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 oh my god, like, what have I walked into with this movie? You know what I'm saying? It's just completely just, like, it, it just, it just, you know, sets you up for, like, a nice overtone and shit, and then just completely takes you there, like, and you're just like, I I, I have no idea what's going on now. What, what What is happening? Like, you know what I'm saying? And then, uh, like, I read, like, after that, you know what I'm saying? Like, you see his how remorseful he is. Um, and like, which is something you, you know, well, at the time, like, you know, for me, you rarely saw in movies, like the remorseful killer, you know what I'm saying? They're all badass, you know what I'm saying? Like me and Patrick, we were talking about on the show, we were talking about like Cobra, you know what I'm saying? Like Sylvester Stallone walking around, he's a badass, he's murdering people, he doesn't care. There's no remorse, no sympathy. And here you are like a professional killer and he's just devastated by the fact that like he essentially... almost ruined this woman's life like she's still alive like she's still making a living so to speak but not like you know she was before you know what i mean and it's just like he's he's devastated by that fact and it's just like like you 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 just realize you know now it's just like this is a way of like like a movies where it's just like you know this is something i've never seen before I mean, I had never seen anything like that. The remorseful killer. And I was just completely like, you know what I'm saying? Just just absolutely gobsmacked by this point. 
Yeah, I had a very similar experience too when I saw it because, you know, you're expecting, like, I mean, when I saw The Killer, I had pretty much watched like American action films, Die Hard, Commando, those kind of things. They're right. they're more they're more fun. This one I I kind of set up because, you know, it, like you see a collateral damage that you don't really see too often in these kind of action pictures. Right. You know, and it was one of those things where I'm like, oh, I I. I got to watch, I got to keep watching. Like I can't just sort of half pay attention. Like it, it had my attention at that point. And I think that's really what makes that, the movie powerful just from the get go. It is just feels different. than something oh, yeah. else. Yeah. 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 Most definitely. It's just like it, it, within that movie's first 15 minutes, you're, you're completely just blown away by like, just how like just, you know, the difference between this and, like, what you're accustomed to. You know what I'm saying? Like, with... uh, I mean, like, it kind of, like, sets you up for that. You know what I'm saying? Because I've seen Hard Boiled, but, like, Hard Boiled, you know, so to speak, it wasn't really him, So like, story-wise. Like, let's let's be honest. Well, Hard Boiled has a fantastic story in it. It's, It's not, like killer level story you know what i'm saying like you know this is a you know john was on his way out you know what i'm saying he was already looking out the door of hong kong and into hollywood so like this was just like let me just do something like you could almost say like hard boiled is like his version of like a mindless summer blockbuster you know like if 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 you know what i'm saying if that makes sense you know, he was just like, let me just like, yeah, like, let me just wow them, like, you know, with some nice, big, gaudy, epic action film, like, my, my, my one last, uh, 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 like, one last hurrah, and I'm saying, so to speak, like, no pun intended, you know, being that he did last hurrah for chivalry. (laughs) Good call. Yeah, 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 you know what I'm saying, but like, yeah, he was, he was on his way out, you know what I'm saying? But, like, like in comparison to, like, the killer, it's just, you know, the killer's, like, its story is just so engrossing and so beautiful and all that stuff. It's so tragic. It's, like, it's funny, though, like, it's, it's, it's wild to me that even back then it became one of my all-time favorite movies because it is a dark and grim as fuck, especially that ending, you know? Like, I, I can't remember, like if I had ever seen something that was so tragic before that either, you know, something that was just that devastating, you know, where it was just like, I was, I was left, you know, just completely just, just destroyed by the end of it. You know what I mean? I mean, like, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, you know what I'm saying? Cause obviously, you know, we want to like get into it, like the movie section by section, but uh, that ending is completely just like, Oh, this is how you're ending it? Well, fuck me, right? You know what I'm saying? Fuck your audience. I think but it was one of those movies that that I remember crying at when I didn't normally like cry at like movies per se. Like yeah. I, I mean I cried at like E. T. and stuff like that. But like this was the first one where I was just like an action movie that I'm crying at. You know, right. so that, that's all another reason why it felt different from some of the other movies that I was watching at the time and why it resonated so much is just from a, a deep emotional level. That you didn't really get a lot of times, especially with that that the ending. Yeah, like I like I I can't recall 
like I may have, but I can't recall me crying in a movie before that. Where it's just like with Danny Lee's just sitting there, Mickey Mouse. You know what I'm saying? He's crying and all that stuff, and it's just the most devastating thing in the world. And still, like it's funny too, is because it's like I I never seen a movie. I, I can't recall ever seeing a movie end like that. And then you, then uh, you realize that that's just Asian cinema. You know what I'm saying? They 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 they're experts in fucking your day up royally. <laughs> well, John was particularly adept at doing that because, like, he had bullet to the head, which oh, is yeah. like one of the most depressing movies I've ever seen. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I remember the first time I seen Bullet in the Head, I bawled like a baby. Me too. Just yeah. like a just like a giant baby. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. When uh, Ben has to kill, um, uh, damn, his name is escaping me at this point. Um, there's Ben, played by Tony Leung. Um, who was Jackie Chung's character's name? Oh my god. Uh, I'm not gonna be able to help you. Oh my god. I can't get up the internet that fast. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. It's gonna kill me. No, I gotta look it up real quick. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Give me one second. Give me one second. Frank. Oh, there it is. There it is. You got it. Um, yeah. When when like spoilers for Bullet in the Head, by the way. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. I'll I'll do a spoiler warning. It's fine. No, like it, it, you gotta um, you know what I'm saying? Uh, <laughs> totally. Because because sometimes I, I just be forgetting, like you know, because we sit there, we talk amongst each other all the time. And like we know all these movies, so we say they're talking about it like regular, like we like we usually would, but we're doing it in podcast form, and you realize that people are going to be listening who may have never seen these movies before. So it's like, oh, my fault. Spoilers, spoilers for an over thirty-year-old movie. <laughs> it, it's all good. Uh, if you haven't seen Bone in the Head and you're listening to this, that's un, that's your homework assignment is to also watch that movie if you can. Yeah, yeah. Watch Bullet in the Head, but prepare yourself. That movie's going to fuck your day up royally. Don't don't uh, double it with the killer, because you'll just be depressed. Yeah, like don't like don't double it with the killer. Um, don't double it with Last Raw for Chivalry because that ending is depressing as well. <laughs> I, I I showed my friend Bullet in the Head once, and I doubled it with Streets of Fire. Oh, that was cool. That was cool. So like, like you, you end with Streets of Fire, you're like okay, well I feel happy now. Yeah. Yeah, um, that makes sense. You know what I'm saying? Like you have a nice uh, rock epic going on there. It's colorful, you know. It doesn't end as happily as you wanted to, but like it has a nice ending. Uh, that's perfect offset, you know, to the depressing, uh, the overly depressing nature of Bullet in the Head because um, I my my day was fucking ruined the first time I watched that. I like I was just sitting there like I mean like I remember crying for the killer but like not like when I did it for bullet in the head that that shit had me like <laughs> yes it's it's like a a whole tissue box movie like you oh yeah a whole tissue box for that one yeah yeah like the, the truth be told though as much as I love the killer the killer is probably my my favorite John Woo movie like I said it's a movie that changed my life. However, Bullet in the Head is his masterpiece. Um, like like his true like masterpiece. Like I, I, I to this day I say that 
the scene with him, with uh, Tony Leung and Simon Yam in the bathroom where uh, Simon Yam assassinates the guy to uh, the monkeys. I'm a believer is, is one of the single greatest pieces of directing and acting I had ever seen. Like to the point where it's like, it's, it's my prime example of like when you're trying to explain how cinema is an art form, I would go to that scene. You know, also to show just how like great Tony Leon, like you know, because you know, saying I I, I know our, our good friend uh, Matt Sari also likes to point this out, uh, how uh, Tony Leon is the, the the greatest actor in the world. With, with him, I know it's it's a, it's a toss up between Tony Leon and uh, Anthony Wong, but um, and and I agree on both points. Uh, Tony Leon, especially that that man is just like. Like it's funny too, cause it's like I like you remember like how like that was supposed to be like John's idea for a Better Tomorrow Three, and um, Troy Hawk was like, uh, "No, I'm going to direct a Better Tomorrow Three, and I'm going to use Chow Yun Fat." Like that was his way of fucking John and shit. Like, ah I got your boy. You you can't use him, and John was like. Dude, I got Tony Leung and Simon Yam. I'm good. <laughs> yeah, he he did not have anything to sweat on that because I mean he had you know two great actors. Right, like yeah, like you know what I'm saying I, like I, yeah, I would love to have my boy uh, uh, Chow in here, but I'm good. I got Tony Leung and, and Simon Yam. Uh, two, two, two of the greatest actors ever. You know what I'm saying? And that scene proves it. That scene, like in the in the the, the assassination in the bathroom, because it's like they don't say a single word to each other. They do in that entire moment, but like it's just like the performance they give with just their eyes and their facial expressions. It's just like pitch perfect acting, pitch perfect uh, editing, pitch perfect uh, shotgun. Like everything about that scene is just perfection you know it's just absolute 100 percent perfection uh, you know what i'm saying and it's like it, it's just the most glorious thing like to, to like you know one of the scenes that proves like john is, is is a master of the art form you know what i'm saying like to to the point and it's funny too because uh i, I remember remember the imdb message boards I stayed as far away from those as possible. Uh, like I, I, I learned to, I learned to after a while. But I remember back in the day, I used to get into arguments with dudes over like who's a better director, uh, John Woo or Choi Hawk. You know what I'm saying? And like we would like just go like, like just back and forth all the time over that shit. You know what I'm saying? And it's like the perfect example is a Better Tomorrow Three, because uh, like as great as a director Choi Hawk is, it's like when he tries to uh emulate John's style, the style he he said he gave him, so to speak, and shit. You just can't do it as well and shit because the man has mastered that shit to the to, to the point where it's just like anybody else trying to do it is is just going to reek of sour grapes. You know what I'm saying? Like and we've seen many directors, great directors trying to emulate John's style. Like uh, you and me I know have had conversations about uh replacement killers. And Antoine Fuqua is a is a fantastic director, but uh, you know, you, you just don't got it, buddy. When you're trying to do John, no. nobody does. No. For sure, yeah. No, John is um, 
I mean, I call him the goat of action cinema for a reason. Just because he kind of changed the game with his movies, oh, yeah. The Killer and Hard Boiled. Then suddenly you started seeing like other countries kind of doing that heroic bloodshed thing and two yeah. guns. and But they didn't quite get what makes John movies work is the characters and the soulfulness yeah. about it. You know, uh, for The Killer, now it stars uh, Chiang Fan Danny Lee as the killer and the cop, respectively. What mm. what was it about their relationship in the in the movie that resonated with you? It's just like you know, uh, it, it starts off with that that whole rivalry, like you know, one's the criminal, one's the cop. You know what I'm saying? And like you know, that's how it starts. But like you know, that uh, they they find that level of respect between each other. You know what I'm saying? Where it's just like. I, I, you know, what I'm saying Danny Lee's character, uh, Detective Lee, could could respect or Inspector Lee, um, he he can respect Jeffrey, even though Jeffrey is a criminal, he can respect him because he's honorable. You know, what I'm saying like he he's he's an honorable guy who's not going to, you know, say like obviously he sees it, like you know he's chasing him, and he sees it like where. Uh, Jeffrey puts himself in the line of fire to save the little girl who was injured in uh, the shootout on the beach. You know, like like he totally risks getting caught to make sure this girl gets to the hospital. And it's like this guy, you know, he's a respectable guy. You know what I'm saying? I can, I, he's honorable. I can respect that, you know, but like I have to catch him. You know what I'm saying? And it's like he realizes like they may not be so different, you know, because uh Lee's character, he he's um he's got like you know the the superiors up his ass, you know what I'm saying when 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 uh uh the bad shoot on the bus, the tram, whatever, um with with uh, the girl causes a uh, if I remember correctly, because it actually has been a while since I've seen it. Does she die? Yeah, the, she had she had a, like a heart attack. Yeah, I know she had a heart attack, but I she's, didn't remember no, if she died or not. Yeah, that's that's why he's in in trouble. You know, but like in true cop fashion, he's like, but I got the bad guy and he could have done things worse. You know, they're like the bureaucrats are like, well, she's still tied. <laughs> you know, like, it's kind of like it, it's an interesting character beat for for uh, Danny Lee because, you know, like he's he's kind of like a straight ahead and like uh, no remorse kind of person. And then yeah. as the movie progresses. He becomes a little bit softer in terms of realizing that, like, there's, you know, more important things than getting the bad guy. Yeah, like, he, he becomes more like Jeffrey because uh, there's that be- there's that beautiful sequence in the movie where um, uh, Jeffrey's betrayed by Sidney, so to speak. <laughs> well, it's it's not really Sidney's fault. Sidney is, is, is kind of more or less forced to betray Jeffrey. He doesn't want to. But, uh, like, he has no choice when he gives him the briefcase full of paper instead of the money that he's owed. <laughs> Excuse me. And um, where, like, and, and, and that's the beauty of the story, and that's the beauty of John as a filmmaker, is that you could make us like, oh, you son of a bitch. You, tra- you, you betrayed me, you know. But it's, it's betrayed as such an emotional moment. Like, it's devastating for Jeffrey that his best friend would betray him in such a manner, you know what I'm saying? Like he even pulls the trigger on him. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, but the the, the gun is empty. 
you know, as like at least in like this great shoot, this great little shootout and shit. But like the fact that you know Jeffrey is just so over overly devastated by this betrayal. You know what I'm saying? It's like you don't you're like you, you never saw that in movies. You never saw like your your protagonist openly weeping at the fact that he's betrayed by his best friend. You know, it was just like, oh, you son of a bitch. But like he's sitting there, he's bawling. You know what I'm saying? Like my guy, like you know, he he, he played me. Uh, and he's like, I never want to see you again. Like as he walks off, and then like, um, that that is contrasted well with um when uh Lee's uh partner gets killed. Was it uh, what's that actor? Was is it Eric Sang or is it you know what I'm saying? I know it's Sang. Kenneth. Kenneth Sang, Kenneth Sang. And we don't we don't talk about Eric Sang on. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right, shows. that's right. Er, 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 but er, Kenneth er, Sang though, yeah. uh, great actor. Uh, also, if anybody is familiar with him, he's been in uh, Double Impact, I believe. No, not Double Impact. Was he in Double? He's in a Van Damme movie, isn't he? One of them. Uh, shit. But, but he's uh, definitely the bad guy in Replacement Killers. Yeah, like I remember him. Uh, yeah, in Replacement Killers. He's definitely in a uh, Better Tomorrow too. Um, he he's the one who passes them all like their uh, <laughs> assist them during the, the the final shootout, which is uh, one of the greatest things ever committed to celluloid. Is the he, final uh, shootout? He recently passed away, but when he did, he had two hundred and forty one credits. Oh yeah, that Dude's man worked. <laughs> that man, I, yeah. Like man a lot worked. of those great Hong Kong actors, like Anthony Wong, has like four hundred credits. Like they worked. Yeah. yeah, I remember. Yeah, Anthony Wong is great uh, because, um, as a, you know, our our, our friend uh, Erica Wright from House of Screams. Uh, shout out to Erica. I love her. Um, she had just discovered like Anthony Wong. Um, uh, uh, where like, well, Matt told me to watch it, the the untold story, uh, and I told her to watch it. And like me and her were just like, oh yeah, this movie's this movie's fucking crazy. We love it. Um, so then she watched. Uh, she was like, I want to see more with uh, Anthony Wong. So she watched Ebola Syndrome, and and I told Matt that, and Matt was very excited. He was like, yeah, tell her to watch this, tell her to watch that. He was like, and he explained Anthony Wong is like Anthony Wong is like if Anthony Hopkins did like shit like Madman. <laughs> That is a great that is a great uh, a comparison, you because know, Anthony Wong can like throw down as good as Anthony Hopkins, but he could also play, you know, unhinged like nobody else. Yeah, yeah, Anthony Anthony Wong is is one of the the, the sheer greats. Uh, he also like like he's he's the one person I think I've ever seen have like a bad thing to say about working with John uh, when he did Hard Boiled. Because he felt like John didn't trust him, you know what I'm saying? To like, to like, John directed him, not to say poorly, but it's like you know they they didn't really have any communication. I, I remember I have a book. Uh, as a matter of fact, hold up, give me one second, one second. Right now, Rob is going to find a book, and in the meantime, no. <laughs> this one. Ah, see, I've never seen that book before. 
10,000 Bullets, The Cinematic Journey of John Woo. I bought this book in 2000. This was right around the time. They released this book right around the time that Mission Impossible 2 was coming out. Mm -hmm. Sure. Where, um, you know, John was just like the the, the biggest thing in Hollywood at that point. You know, because he had just came out with Face Off. You know, Face Off was a big hit. And now he was going to direct Mission Impossible 2, which uh, at the time was the biggest thing in Hollywood, biggest thing in the world at that point. Like Mission Impossible Two was a massive success, so they put out this book. Um, you know, what I'm saying like you know to to basically uh, promote the genius of uh, John Woo. Um, I've read this book multiple times, and then uh, it disappeared on me for years until um, after my mom passed. We was going through the garage, and I was pulling out old stuff, and I was like, "Oh shit." I, I totally, you know what I'm saying? Like, I totally thought I lost this book, you know what I mean? And then I found it. And uh, Who's like, the author of it? Um, Christopher Hurd. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll have um, to check this one out, see if it's available somewhere. Yeah, like, like it, it, it's, it's pretty in-depth. Like, you know, it starts, like, you know, when he was a kid, um, when he would uh, tell him about, like, how he would, like, cut school to go to the movies it's sort of like when he started at Shaw Brothers, and he basically became the protege of Shang Shea. Um, you know what I'm saying? And then, like you know, started to his early career, like how he became the king of comedy, um, and then uh, all the way up until like you know his breakthrough with A Better Tomorrow, his rivalry with Choi Hawk. You know what I'm saying? After their uh, initial partnership, uh, his transition to Hollywood. Like yeah, like right up all the way up until. Um, Mission Impossible 2 is about to come out. Uh, and, and that's where, like, it kind of cuts off. You know what I'm saying? Because uh, Mission Impossible 2 hasn't come out. It even talks about Blackjack. Um, which is weird, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, to have, like, a major book about a major director talking about Blackjack uh, of, of all movies. You know what I'm saying? was like, uh, I remember you and me were discussing that uh where, where you had a uh, you and me were talking about uh when he did manhunt and um and you was like you know that you 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 really you always liked that movie but everybody was like oh my god john Woo is falling off this is a piece of shit and then i watched it and i was like oh this is him just doing blackjack shit you know what i'm saying like i totally yeah, get this movie he's just having uh he's just you know <clears throat> he wanted to do something for himself yeah, it's almost yeah. it's almost like he's, he's he's like kind of parodying himself in, in, in a way, you know what I'm saying? Where it's just like you know, like yeah, like yeah. Remember all that heroic bloodshed bullshit? You know what I'm saying? Like you know, let's, like I'm gonna do that, but like let's have a bit of fun with it. Like not take myself entirely too seriously, because like I, if if you're taking that movie seriously and shit, you're an idiot. <laughs> well, what's funny is. In The Killer, he takes that movie very seriously, but yes. there's that great scene uh, where uh, Danny Lee and Chinese and Fat meet face-to-face for the first time, Yeah, and they start calling themselves Mickey Mouse, and um, what was the other name that he used? Um, Dumbo. Dumbo, right? Which is, the, the version that I saw was that, and there's actually yeah. like different like versions, but like I prefer the Dumbo and Mickey Mouse. Was, yeah, me too. Uh, did you, was the VHS dubbed or subtitle when you saw it the dub yeah okay i get that was the one i saw too yeah um but that that seems great though like he the one thing i love about john and 
you know, I didn't realize until like way later that he did a lot of comedies. Mm-hmm. And uh, what do you remember what that scene was like the first time you saw it? It, it was weird too because it, like the, the the movie was deadly serious for you know what I'm saying the majority of its running time up until that point. It's almost like you know he decided like yeah I've been you know beating everybody over the head with just grimness you know we just watched a little girl get shot you know um let's just let's just kind of like parrot like this like this thoroughly comical scene where like you know these two uh rivals are coming together face to face for the first time and they're calling each other shit like Dumbo and Mickey Mouse, <laughs> you know, and like, like, like they they sitting there, uh, you know, saying trying to like, yeah, I'm gonna catch you. It's basically like the scene from Heat, but like done so unseriously. You know what I'm saying? Like, like the diner scene from Heat, where it's just like, oh, the two big rivals are coming together and they're having a chat. But it's done around the scene where, like, they're trying to hide it from uh, one of the characters' girlfriend who's blind. So it's just like, you know, they're playing it up. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, oh, yeah, like, you know, he's an old friend. You know, I haven't seen him for a long time. You know what I'm saying? And they're saying they got guns pointed at each other's face. It's just like, oh, oh, that's great. Uh, I didn't know you had a friend. Let me go make some tea. <laughs> yeah, that seems uh, so funny. And what I, I, but it, like, it's, it really is one of those where it's, you kind of start to see the respect that they kind of have for each other. Yeah. You know, cause they're just sort of, you know, they, they're pointing guns at each other, but I don't, I don't think either one was going to like do anything, but it, it would, the whole movie at this point has been a count cat and mouse at yeah. this point. And this is the, the closest they ever became. And I feel like at that point they've sort of, that was their first bonding moment, which yeah. comes into play as the movie goes on where he really understands, understands more about Chai and Fat's character and why he sort of turns to be on his side is I think he just sees the care that he has for the person Jenny that he blinds like most yeah. movies want to do that kind of stuff they would have been like they were like oh they're just happen to be like oh the movie requires them to, to team up but this one really does a great job of earning that team up yeah, like it, it makes sense why. You know what I'm saying? Like 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 an American movie would have rushed through that and like, you know, through a, a series of circumstances, they would have teamed up, you know, because you know what I'm saying, like the script dictates that would happen where it's just with the killer, it just makes sense by this point. You know, because like by 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 the 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 moment up until the moment where like they finally have their first big face face, they already understand each other. Like that's almost like kind of like the 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 culmination of everything that's going on between the two. Like they've been at each other arm's length, you know what I'm saying, separated. And this is the first time they come together. So it's like they they both already have an understanding. Like I understand this guy. He understands me. You know what I'm saying? We're still on the opposite sides of the law, but I, I I like this guy, and 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 the other one's like I like this guy, you know. He like I'm after him, he's after me. I'm trying to get away from him, but I respect him. You know what I'm saying? Where it's just like 
do do the chorus like you know saying like the second half of the movie like after after that moment they 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 basically become like quickly best friends you know what i'm saying uh like where where they're sitting there chatting in the church you know what i'm saying as they're waiting for sydney to bring the money and not realizing sydney's getting the shit beat out of him you know what i'm saying at the present time yeah, that, god that scene is a great scene too where sydney is you know trying to to save his friend you know by uh doing the honorable thing and he's just you know it's just like like i wish i had somebody like that on my side you know what i mean yeah yeah someone 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 who who understood you enough that you know i'm saying like i'm going to help this man and um maybe even die for him you know i'm saying you know like the, the the true purest example of heroic bloodshed you know i'm saying like you know these, these these two heroes coming together to take down the bad guy because that's really what it's all about you know what i'm saying it's like yeah you're a criminal and i'm a cop you know we're on the opposite sides of the law but uh we both know right from wrong and this motherfucker is wrong and we're going to team up and we're going to take him down because it's the right thing to do you know and uh the fact that they have to you know have a a massive shootout in the church was mind blowing to me as as someone who was raised Catholic, um, particularly uh, the shot of the destruction of the Virgin Mary uh, was the most mind blowing thing I ever seen. Like every time I would show that moment to people, they would just like completely just like, oh my god, and I mean. And, and like you know, you know why John is doing it. You know what I'm saying? Like, is 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 the destruction of like where these two characters are almost like literally on their own. You know what I'm saying? Where they don't have like the the the, the sanctity of you know otherworldly presence, so to speak. Because you know, what I'm saying that you know Jeffrey's obviously a very religious person. You know, and, and like the, the destruction of the Virgin Mary is like you know. Where these 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 bad guys are so bad that they would do that, and it's just like you know a no turning back moment for these characters where they're just like, you know, oh shit, you know, this is it, you know, what I'm saying like we're really just like coming into the end here, and I and I love the way that moment is portrayed, you know, what I'm saying where it's just like, you know, uh, Lee is on one side, Jeffrey's on the other, and they give each other that nod like I'm still here. You know, I'm still in the fight. It's like, you know, they, they, you know, they, they, they're both thoroughly injured, like both profusely bleeding. They both been shot. Well, Lee's been shot once. Jeffrey's been shot multiple times by this point in the movie. <laughs> like, Chaya Fat gets shot A so lot. many times. Yeah, like he's been shot like from, from the very beginning of the movie. Like he gets shot. Um. Uh, so by this point in the movie, I, he's been shot like twenty eleven times. <laughs> you know what's funny about that too is the last time I watched this movie was not that long ago because I a plug here. I did an episode with uh, Lindsay for Schlock and Awe where we talk about the killer. Mm. And there's a shot in the church where you see the doves. This is the first time we like I ever experienced the the Jamu doves. Right. And when China Fett gets shot, they show a shot of the doves um, dis- extinguishing some of the candles. Yeah. And I feel like if 
if all the candles were out, that's when he that's when he was going to be dead. And I thought that was very interesting because I feel like the the doves sort of are the the symbol for uh, for death. Yeah, and that's why when they're they're both going to slow motion, you got the doves behind them doing stuff, and it's like they're like you know it's 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 now or never like you know yeah if they don't get through this someone's gonna die and it's just a beautiful moment that uh you know like nobody else would have made it that beautiful no yeah no not at all like i said like when they give you when 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 they when they go in like after after the virgin mary is destroyed and they give each other that like you know that like almost like you ready and like you know like lee holds up that ak-47 like let's go you know, and they just go for it. You know, also like uh, where, where they have that 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 final little conversation between the two of them before they run out of the church. You know, he was like, you know, you know, we've been through all this, and I don't even know your name. Huh. Hell of a guy. Huh. Well, just remember me as Mickey Mouse. Why not? You know what I'm saying? And that that one little that freeze frame of this them smiling at each other, and like that's it. You know what I'm saying? Like that that's. You know, that one little moment of, like, l- lasting friendship between the two of them before, essentially, like, it's 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 all going to be over. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, I didn't know that at the time, but, like, John is definitely telling us that. Where it's just, like, you know, that it, it's, it's all going to be over as soon as they step out of this church. But, like you have that like the way he freeze frames on them smiling at each other like huh hmm you know what I'm saying like and so and it's just like this that 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 i mean it's a friendship that'll last a lifetime even through death and i mean like that's the like the combination of their their bonding right there and, and then they step out of the church and then it all goes to shit <laughs> oh oh god that ending is so devastating to this day it is yeah i think um like i okay so i'm I'm not gonna spoil everything if you've never seen the killer somehow you've gone this far there there's a a, one of the closing shots is just heartbreaking and you'll know it when it happens but uh oh yeah I, i think that that particular shot was just uh like says a lot in that of that one particular shot so when you when you do go see the movie you haven't seen it yet um, like, you're 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 gonna feel it. And <laughs> <laughs> it's funny too, because I know exactly what shot you're talking about. Yeah. I know it, it it is definitely the most devastating moment in the in the movie. And there's no like, music playing at all. It's just the sound of of the the, the, the wind blowing. Yeah, it's like shit. <laughs> like yeah, like just John was like, "Fuck your day, buddy." <laughs> like you know, say I'm about to ruin it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, I think I was just real sad that whole time. Yeah. Like, um, like, and then, and then, and then he follows that with bullet in the head, and it's just like, oh, you, you, you just hate your audience, John, don't you? <laughs> well, that's why he was like, you know what? I'll do once a thief. Let's uh, let's yeah. let's play a little light, you know, a little bit there, because you know, like like I mentioned before, he did a lot of comedy before, you know, but this was like, you know, he. Better Tomorrow was a huge success, and he had this the the idea for this movie, and it's just like one of those one of those movies where you watch it and you're just like like for you especially, it's just 
kind of life changing, especially if you've never seen anything like it before. No, yeah, totally, totally. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I hate to sound like a hack, but like, it's like, uh, it, 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 it's, it's like what George Lucas said about, uh, uh, what was it, Phantom Menace? It's like poetry, it all rhymes. And it's like, I mean, I don't understand that for Phantom Menace, but I understand that for the killer. If you if you're saying that about the killer, it makes perfect sense, you know. It's it's it, and that's just John as a filmmaker, you know. He he's just poetic, and I mean it, it sounds so cliche at this point, but it, it's the fucking truth, you know. It, it, it's the truth when you watch the killer. It's just you know it's it's pure poetry in in motion, you know. I, yeah, and I I think the the saddest thing about the whole thing is just how difficult it really is to get a hold of the movie it's not something that's streaming there's a lot of out of print stuff mm-hmm. there, there's some bootleg things you can go buy but i'm not promoting that guy yeah fuck but, that uh, guy but uh it it's one of those movies it's like i feel like it needs a resurgence yeah like, just you know everyone talks about hard-boiled rightfully so just because it's just like a pure action greatness yeah. You know, but like this is definitely one that, you know, go to eBay, do whatever you got to do, get a copy of this movie because it is a perfect movie. Yeah. And every sense of the word is fucking perfect. You know, it's it's like just 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 watching it is like if you've never seen it before. I mean, like it it, it was different. I I don't know like if it would have the same effect though. Like, like it had on us because, like, this was something that we had never seen before. You know what I'm saying? Because a lot of these type of movies weren't available to us. And, you know, now, you know, you have so many people emulating John's style. Like, people may not get it, you know, because a lot of people can't see past the action. You know what I'm saying? Like, the, the action is everything for them. You know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, yeah, it's great. But, like, you know, we've seen it done so many times. It was just like... Like that whole fucking discourse about like how, uh, oh, like the John Wick movies aren't nothing because they're just stealing from John Woo. And it's like, uh, yeah, but no, because they're doing their own thing. The John Wick movies and John Wick movies are so different. Yeah. Like just in vibe and whatnot and the the action. And then one of the things I I love John Wick movies, obviously they're one of my favorites, Mm -hmm. but like that sort of switch from the John Woo style to more like tactical type of like, you know, more efficient, I guess, you know, stuff. Part of me is like, well, I kind of want them to swing the other way. But what's interesting is John Woo's got a new one coming out soon called silent night that shares a stunt coordinator from John Wick four. So I'm really fascinated to see what John Woo doing that style looks like. I bet you it's going to be fucking cool. Oh no, it's going to be amazing. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it's going to be amazing. I remember, I told you this before, but uh, for for your audience, you know what I'm saying? I, I, I recount the story. Um, I went to see Hard Target uh, as a screening at the Alamo, and uh, before the movie, they showed a trailer for uh, at the time uh, John Wick Two uh, was releasing, and um, the woman who was presenting the lovely woman. Uh, like you know, she was saying many great things about John and Hard Target and all that stuff. You would, you 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 would have really liked what she was saying, uh, Larry. But um, 
she she took the 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 the, the moment to shit on John Wick, like it, like in comparison to John Woo, like what she was saying, like because it has that shot in the trailer of when uh John Wick pulls out like on the dudes in the museum, and he just like pulls out like you know with the quick draw like shoots like was like four or five dudes like douche 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 douche, and like. Like in comparison to like John Woo, she was like how Keanu was so ungraceful with the way he he pulled out his gun, and it's like, it was like yeah, because that's a different style. You know, he's more tactical with it. You know, more real life position where um, John was going for a specific style. Like he's more graceful, more more athletic. You know what I'm saying? So it's like you can't really compare. You know what I'm saying? So I thought that was like unfair to do that to John Wick. You know what I mean? But I get what she was saying though. You know what I'm saying? I just I just don't agree. You know what I'm saying? Well, if you look at the Matrix, he had he was very uh, graceful in that movie. Yeah. Like if the John Wick style was gonna be him sliding down banisters, shooting two guns, he would have looked really cool doing that and probably very balletic on it, you know. But like this was John Wick is more of like a quick jujitsu kind of yeah know, realistic kind of thing. I mean, that's just I mean that also changed the game too. You know, Chance Stahelski yeah. is, is like John Woo in the sense that changed, he changed the game. Yeah. You know, so I, mean, I got to respect uh, Chad. Yeah, like, uh, well, also credit to David Leach. Um, uh, it was it was Chad and uh, David Leach who uh, changed the game with that first John Wick movie. It's, it's just that Chad. True, uh, true, true. Yeah, Chad kept up with it and uh, David did not. The, that that's that's the shit on, on David Leach and shit, you know what I'm saying? But uh, he he's he's more of a journeyman now, like you know where he's just taking, you know the the biggest projects he he could get at this point, where where Chad is just you know sticking it out with the, well, I mean like he seemingly wants to move on, and I don't blame him, you know what I'm saying? It's like I'm still making John Wick movies, you know what I'm saying? Where David Leach is doing this project and that project, you know and all that stuff. But, um, yeah, like, you know, Chad has to be given a lot of credit because with those John Wick movies, he pushes the action envelope, so to speak. But, like, like John, like, he never forgets that the story is the most important thing. You know, um, it's very important, like, you know what I'm saying? Because without the story, without the emotional involvement, uh, like, you know, like within the with the with the characters and all that stuff, it's all meaningless. You know what I'm saying? You just got action for action's sake, and that that was never John's thing. You know what I'm saying? Like the closest he came to where it was just action for action's sake was a uh, Broken Arrow, and you know that was where it's just like they were, the studio was tying his hands behind his back because he did want to have like more emotional beats and all that stuff. And that we don't care about that. We just want uh, fast pace and explosions because obviously you know. Uh, it was written by Graham Yost, who had just come off of Speed, and they kind of wanted to like, uh, you know, uh, uh, piggyback off that, and like we just wanted like another movie like Speed, and and John was like, no, we could, we could do stuff here, you know what I'm saying, uh, with, with these characters, there's stuff here, and they was like, well, we don't care, and he was just like, ah, whatever, you know what I'm saying, you know, that's 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 like the one movie where it feels like uh, a job. It, it, it wasn't something that you know he 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 really had much say so in there, and that's fucked up because 
uh, I mean, we could both agree Broken Arrow was great, as is. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's a yeah, fantastic fucking a, movie. I did an episode of Action Addicts on it. Another plug. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, even even like uh, just just doing a, a regular picture, motion picture, he's really good at it. Yeah. And I and I what I really like about Broken Arrow is how he works with the actors. I think he does yeah. a really good, nice job working with the actors in this one. Uh, but it's funny. I watched the making of the one that was on HBO for Broken Arrow. I remember that one. And there's yeah. like no footage of John Woo directing or anything. It's the weirdest thing. It's like we're we're going to talk about the train sequence. And it's just a bunch of white guys doing showing the stunts. I'm like, guys, <laughs> I'm pretty sure John was there for stuff. Let's let's show him. It was really weird. <laughs> You know, so, you know why? Because John was fucking miserable on that set. They wouldn't let him do nothing but, but like shoot shootouts and explosions. And he's like, he, like I can imagine that man was on that set like, this is bullshit. <laughs> it's all good, though, because it ended up being a good movie anyway. Yeah. I have like, no, that's, it all worked out in the end. I mean, face have, off it. Yeah. I would have, like, and the, the funny thing is I would have loved to have seen what he would have did with Hard Rain. Because, uh, remember, he was supposed to direct that one. Like, they, they, Grammios had written, like, you know, it was, you know, Christian Slater come back, and, you know, and I felt like John could have made uh, a really great movie with Hard Rain. He just chose to do Face Off instead. Because that, that was the movie that allowed him, like, you could say that Face Off was the first real movie like he did in Hollywood that allowed him to be him. Where like he could just like do his thing, you know. Uh, like I mean, we love Hard Target. You know, what I'm saying there's a lot of moments in in, in Hard Target. We've talked about this where it's just like you know you could feel John in there, but like that was another one where it's like the studio was kind of like eh, I, I know, especially Hard Target because he was just came from Hong Kong, so there was like Universal was like I don't know about this guy we got here. Um, Hey Sam Raimi, you want to executive produce? So in case like this guy doesn't work out, you could take over. And Sam Raimi's like, "Are y'all fucking nuts? This is John Woo. You know what I'm saying? This man is gonna gonna kill it. You know." So it's like, and I remember we talked about that when we discussed Hard Target on on Action Drunkies, where it's like how Sam Raimi is is the awesome, like one of the most awesome guys ever for what he did. Cause like you know the studio is calling him like how's he doing? Oh he's doing he's doing great he's doing fine leave him alone you know what I'm saying he's doing like you know like he basically was there to like watch over John make sure he wasn't fucking up and all he did was basically like cover for him like leave him alone he's doing fine leave him alone leave him alone you know what I'm saying he's he's doing great he's doing fine is no problem leave him alone you know what I'm saying so like there's that and then there's Broken Arrow um. He he had a lot more freedom when he did uh the the Once a Thief uh, uh TV pilot remake so to speak, um which I have um I remember th- that was something you and me talked about before was uh th- that that uh you know that because like people call it a remake I mean and essentially it is but it's it's like has like almost the the bare minimal to do with the original Once a Thief. You know, because he's obviously setting up the the television show that that was to follow, and then like uh, they released what was it like two part episodes of it, like as like you know movies and all that stuff. And I have that somewhere. 
um, with the, the the original Once the Thief, and then like Broken Arrow was a shit show for him, and then he did Face Off, and um, you know that 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 really brought to him into his own, uh, where it was just like like he'd been making movies for like a couple of years in Hollywood, but Face Off was the one that really just let everybody know like this this is John Woo. This this is what you guys have been missing, so to speak, for the, for this moment. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and then everybody's like, "Oh my God, John Woo! We had no idea. You know what I'm saying? We had no idea you were like this. You know, what I'm saying you had it like this. You know, and you know you got to give all credit to Face Off because it introduced the the world to who John really was as a filmmaker and as a not just a filmmaker but a storyteller. You know, like what what he could do with not just action but with with emotion and and story and character so you know face off really is is the one that's just like deserves all the credit like you know because it, it led to a lot of people discovering the killer and hard-boiled and bullet in the head and and once a thief and a better tomorrow uh less so a better tomorrow too like you you know how long it took me to fucking actually find a copy of a better tomorrow too because like really you know a long time yeah, like yeah, like I didn't see a better tomorrow too until my sixteenth birthday. I got it for my sixteenth birthday. <clears throat> you know what I'm saying? Because I was a John Woo fanatic by this point. Like, I, you know, I love the man. You know, I I I, I kiss the ground John Woo walks on to this day. He's still my all time favorite filmmaker because it's like it, he he's the guy that made me want to be a filmmaker because he's the one who made me understand film. You know. Like, like, you know, after John Woo was where I finally got it, you know, like movies were just entertainment to me by that point. Like, like, you know, movies were entertainment before the killer. And then after the killer, it was it was an art form, you know, where it's just like, I understand now, you know, saying that's that's why uh, when I hear the fucking Russo brothers talk about like, oh, movies are going to be totally done by AI now. Like, go fuck yourself to both of you. I can't stand you. Like, I can't stand... I couldn't stand you before, uh, after the fucking Gray Man, and now I really can't fucking stand you guys after that bullshit you just said. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. AI cannot duplicate John Woo. Oh, no. Um, no. Let me, let me go back to the killer real quick. Um, a couple of things before we go. Yeah. Do you remember the trailer... Have you seen the, the original American trailer for The Killer? Yes. yes. Dude, that, 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 that voiceover, the, like, the thriller comedy of the year. And I'm like, what the... There's like one scene that's funny, but like comedy, what the hell? And I was like, I, it has to be because nobody had seen anything like this. And it was like, I've seen movies where like, you're like, holy shit, I can't believe that just happened. <laughs> that's amazing. But like, it's not necessarily funny. But for some reason, that bothers me when they call it that. I don't know why. I, I think is that it's it's the reaction that a lot of people had. Where it's just like, you know, you know, sometimes where you don't know how to react to something, you just laugh. Like, <laughs> oh, man, this is this is crazy. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, like, you know, what I'm saying like they, they took it to me like, oh, this is a. This is supposed to be funny. It's like, no, it's not. This is this is this is dark and grim and fucking depressing, and you should be depressed. You know, I don't know why the fuck you're laughing at this shit. <laughs> I kind of don't want to see this 
in a crowd with people because I feel like you know how some people are. Oh, I yeah. saw I saw Hard Target and there was like it was the weirdest thing, right? I'm watching Hard Target and people are laughing at stuff. And then at the end of the movie, they all applaud and they're like, this was the best experience I've ever had. I'm like, OK, well, I guess I'm not that mad about it. But it's just it's weird how like a lot of that stuff like like people can't handle. Yeah. The like that over the top stuff. It's kind of annoying. So I'm like, I'll, I'll go see the kill on the big screen if it's like at an art house where other people appreciate it, I guess. No, yeah, totally. Like I, t- like I told you, like when I went to see Hard Target, like people were fucking laughing at shots of a uh, Van Dam walking away in slow motion, like like after he beats up the dudes that try to rape Nancy Butler, like you know that shot of him walking away in slow motion. They were laughing, <laughs> like. What yeah, the fuck that is, too. Yeah, what the fuck is so funny about that? He's just walking away. It's just yeah. it's slow motion. It's funny. I remember I posted about that on Instagram and um because uh, I know his daughter runs his uh official YouTube account and she commented on that, you know what I'm saying? She was like, Oh, thank you, you know, for defending him and all that stuff. I was like, Yeah, this is bullshit. <laughs> like we're like, you know what I'm saying, like and I remember too, like the, the the woman who introduced this movie, like she she even stated to, to to the audience, like I hope you guys don't think you're here and hear the laugh at a bad movie because this is this movie is not this movie is farthest from a bad movie. This movie's fucking great, and she's 100 percent correct to this day. And like fucking hipsters, man, they think shit is just funny, and I'm like ha ha ha. Uh, like yeah like look it's in slow motion so it's funny like shut up i fucking hate y'all all All right so the killer was a huge influence on you uh anything else that you want to add about the killer that you haven't said or anything you want to say about it just to to really bring home just how important it was like it it was important me to uh, enough that uh i it, like like I said, it made me want to be a filmmaker, and um, not too long after that, uh, my my father purchased uh, uh, a camcorder for me, like like a what was it, um, RVC, like RVC, like whatever I think it was called and shit, like a camcorder, and I used that camcorder to make so many John Woo ripoffs. You know, like I had Mac and my cousin Eric jumping through the air, shooting two guns at each other, cap guns at each other. Um, I wanted to be John Woo so bad. You know what I'm saying? It's like, and all those movies are fucking terrible. Don't even like. I mean, like, maybe one day, like, I, I have to find them because I'm I'm pretty sure they're in my parents' house, uh, somewhere. Uh, I don't know if I want to upload them because uh, I'm pretty sure they're all fucking terrible. <laughs> I'm, I'm... You know what? It was a their work in progress. That's what it was. Yeah, like I, I will say though, I am proud of the last short I did, which was in 2000. Like I, I had Mac, uh, like all all the other homies, Preem, uh, uh, Daryl, and all that stuff, and like we, like we did like a like a like a heist movie. Well, it wasn't a heist movie because you never see the heist. It was the planning of the heist uh, that just goes array. And like they're all trying to kill each other. Uh, I had um, uh, uh, a, like a, a water gun Uzi that uh, we didn't have any black paint, 
So I wrapped it in an electrician's tape, you know, say so I look black. And then like, you know, say like just I like I had to make the sound of the gunshots manually, but like over the microphone, I just go <laughs> you know say and, and, and that's how I pulled it off. Like, yeah. But um by that point, like I had kind of grown as a filmmaker. So I was getting very interesting shots, you know what I'm saying? Like at the time, you know what I'm saying, like where I was just like yeah, yeah, this is great. Um, there were other interesting shots I had wanted to plan, but um, uh, I had actors that weren't ready to commit to that because it felt like it was just too like arduous a task to pull off. Like, um, I wanted to have a scene where I get killed. Uh, like the scene was like, uh, like Mac would hold the camera as he films me getting killed by somebody else. And then, like, I get killed off screen. Uh, like, I get killed on screen. And then what happened was that Mac would close in. Right? And then as Mac would close in, I would get up and take the camera from him. And then he would run over there. And, like, and then you turn over and you see Mac standing over there. And then the killer would chase Mac. And, like, all in one shot. And, like, I had this planned out and Mac didn't want to do it. <laughs> Cause he didn't feel like running a few feet. Oh no! <laughs> so so it's just like you know I get killed and then there's just this hard cut to 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 the, the 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 murderer who just murdered me looking at Mac being the witness you know says like oh you know like I'm gonna kill you now you know so it's like yeah you know that got fucked up but like it it, it would have worked so well but um like that those were the ideas I had you know what I'm saying like do that and like you know. I didn't go to traditional film schools. Like, uh, I just basically just culminated those kind of ideas by just, you know, virtually the fact that I was just a fan of John Woo. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I, I wanted to be like the man so bad. You know what I'm saying? Like, great, get these, you know, just these beautiful camera shots and all that stuff. And, you know, um, obviously, I, I've learned better. I can never be like the man. You know what I'm saying? He he is a vessel, you know. what I'm saying he is the god of filmmaking to me. So it's just like I just, you know, I ever get back to it, I'm like I'm over here doing, you know, whatever I'm gonna do and shit. And like I can never, you know, every step that man takes, it's like fucking the uh, the Billy Jean video. Every man that's man, every step that man takes is golden. And you know what I'm saying I'm lucky enough, you know what I'm saying to, to, to ever just, you know, what I'm saying be in close. Uh, you know, conversation, you know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, like, you know, you made a cool thing. And it's like, you know, it's kind of like John Woo. And it's like, no, he's the master. You know, I'm just a, I'm just a paltry imitator at this point. <laughs> well, hopefully one day you'll get to get out there and get your own voice on, on tape, on video, on, in a movie. I think that would be, we're all, we're all hoping that happens one day for you. Yeah, I still got my fingers crossed that I'll pull it off. All right. Uh, so, The Killer, huge movie for you. One of the greatest action films of all time. One of the greatest films of all time. Yeah. So, I really appreciate you here talking about it. Everyone here listening can feel the love that you have for it and for John. Absolutely. And I think we all, we all have that feeling. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, before you go, I got to ask you a question because I didn't get to ask you this the last time you were on my show because I didn't think about this question until like episodes later. 
And uh, I think it was actually on Patrick's show, actually, when I first thought about this. How do you have your physical media organized? Um, <laughs> at this point, it's, it's just whatever. It's trying to survive. Um, I, I, I try to have a system, but it, I just have so much shit. I'm just like, I don't care anymore. Like, I, like I try to have it in alphabetical order, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, you know, accumulated by directors, but it's just so like, I, I have a lot of movies, maybe not as much as Matt, but I have a lot. And at one point I just gave up and it's just like, I have pile, massive pile over here, uh, massive pile over there, massive pile over there. Like I, I'm in desperate need of shelves. If if someone could donate me like their their shelves they don't use anymore, I would greatly appreciate it because I I I like I have nowhere to put all these movies, nowhere. They're just they're surrounding me. Like I, I could literally build a house out of all the movies I have. It is ridiculous. It's just DVDs, Blu-rays, VHSs. I'm drowning in motion pictures. <laughs> oh no. Well, so if someone's listening right now, and they've got shelves to donate. Where where can people find you online to to let you know about this? This oh. is, your, this is your, your plug time. I was. Oh my, fa- my favorite. <laughs> oh my favorite. I, I love plugs. Let's um, get this man some shelves. <laughs> yes, yes, please. Um, of course, you can find me at the Cine Drunkie on Twitter. Uh, you can find the official Twitter of me and Patrick Show, uh, Chainsaws, uh, Chainsaws Claws, uh, at Chainsaws Claws. Um, you can still find uh, Bluffist uh, Podcast at Bluffist Pod. Uh, I might change the at to Bloodfist Movies or Bloodfist Movie um, because I'm working on just like making a side of it. You know what I'm saying? Let's just like put all together, you know, my love for uh, Donna Dragon Wilson, uh, highly underrated uh, action star, uh, the most legit action star in the world. I just got to my boy Donna Dragon Wilson out there. Since I am the Don, I've become the Donna Dragon Wilson guy to the point where every time. Uh, Shaw Factory announces a uh, new release of Don Dragon Wilson movies. I get tagged by multiple people to the point where Shaw Factory actually acknowledged that. Hey, like, it's, it's great that uh, people keep tagging you in uh, the fact that we're releasing Don the Dragon Wilson movie on Blu ray. And it's like, yeah, I'm the Don the Dragon Wilson guy. <laughs> so, yeah. Our worst things. No, uh, yeah, definitely. Um, but like, yeah, those, those three, um, at the center drunkie on Twitter is where you mostly find me, uh, chainsaws claws on Twitter, Instagram and wherever else. Um, and, uh, blood fist pod on Twitter. And yeah, that's it. That's both the three places you can find me the most on uh, social media. All right, my friend, thank you so much for coming on talking about one of the greatest movies of all time. Thank you for having me to talk about to talk about one of the greatest movies of all time. Yeah, the the killer man, and and, and like I said, man, thanks for coming on. I, I always love talking to you, bro. Oh, of course. Like yeah, every time, every every uh, conversation we have is always a blast. 
you know, you and me, we've said this to each other many times, but you and me always have the best conversations. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. All right, so you have a good night, Rob, and good night, everybody. Deep